and welcome everyone to another episode of Bite Off. This is actually episode number four for us, and uh, we've David and I have really enjoyed putting these uh, podcasts together. And, and welcome, David. It's great to see you again for number four. So, how are you, my friend? Not too bad, sir. Uh, looking forward to have the conversation today. I think is uh, we have a good run, and I think we have a really excellent guest today. So, looking forward for the conversation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We sure do have a, a, a very interesting guest today. And, and speaking of him, I would like to introduce everyone to Roger Ordman, who is uh, from uh, Aurora Labs. So, Roger, thank you very much for coming along and, and uh, talking with us and, and informing us a lot more about uh, AI today. We really, really appreciate you being here. So, uh, with that, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, Aurora Labs and what you've been up to and... Uh, uh, as, as a kickoff to our AI discussion. Oh, James and David, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Roger Ordman. I'm actually based out of Israel, even though the accent might be deceiving. I was born in England. Um, myself, I've been 20 years uh, career, uh, starting with an uh, engineering degree and then through working product management and marketing from network devices to mobile and uh, focusing mostly on automotive the past uh, seven or eight years. The main focus of what I've been doing um, and Aurora Labs in particular is around the challenges of managing software. So from over-the-air updates of software, securing software, developing and certifying software, and it's getting more complex, it's getting more challenging, and we think there might be some technology out there, maybe an artificial intelligence technology that can help give us the tools we need to become more efficient and improve the quality and security of the software going into cars. And that's what Aurora Labs is all about. Very, very neat. Uh, now, before we jump in, maybe a two second summary of, of what AI does with uh, Aurora Labs, what you do with that? We use AI to um, recognize patterns in the relationships and the behavior of the software. So is that interesting? Well, we think it's very interesting because the way the software behaves indicates the way the software is running in the vehicle. And if you can identify patterns of misbehavior of the software, you can essentially predict software which might fail before it fails. So if we do our job right and use the right AI tools, we might be able to help the car manufacturers find problems in the cars before they cause failures and have them focus on improving the quality instead of running around trying to fix problems. Yeah, and your experience, Roger, how how the industry is the industry fully understand AI, or is it still a little bit of work to help them to understanding what is AI and how AI should be used? Uh, I think uh, I think we can all agree, and probably everyone listening in can agree that there's a lot of confusion on what AI is all about. Uh, what is AI in general? what it can do, and obviously focusing specifically in the automotive industry. I mean, there's, it seems to be at the moment people using the term AI as a silver bullet that will solve all of their challenges. If we haven't got our own intelligence, we use artificial intelligence, and that will tell us everything we need to know. Um, but David, we know that's not the case. There's, there's some tasks that don't even need an AI. You do not need necessarily to analyze patterns and predict outcomes. Sometimes you just need to have algorithms that will take inputs, well-known inputs, and do an action. AI is really for areas where you, the inputs are unknown. The variables are very great, and you cannot define 
and write a definitive algorithm that takes inputs and creates outputs. AI is really for places where the inputs are variable. And that's why AI is often associated with autonomous driving. Because if you're looking at uh, a road, every car and every dog and every tree looks different. So you have to start identifying patterns to be able to see something new and still recognize it based on what you learned in the past. That's why AI is fantastic for, well, it's, it's getting better and better maybe. Fantastic is optimistic. It's improving and getting better and necessary for autonomous driving. But not everywhere requires AI. And I think that's what the challenge is, is identifying when AI is required, when you need to have learning mechanisms, learning algorithms that can then, based on what they learn, predict what's recognized, unrecognizable patterns in the future. And you will say that, for example, AI, I mean, is, is this, we have this conversation before, right? Basically, a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, it's two types of vision, right? One is like AI is a tool, and then AI is a philosophy, right? Uh, that basically is a suffering itself. What, what is your thinking on that one? You think this is that, that as you said, everybody's looking at a serial bullet, but what is kind of like the, the main uh, context to develop AI and what it should be used for? I think the first part of that question, is AI philosophy a tool, is, is, a, is a fantastic question. To me, AI is definitely a tool. You know, I was talking to a, a vice president in a car manufacturer just uh, yesterday, and I said, Look, you know, you still, because there's a whole discussion in the car industry about, you know, the tens of thousands of engineering jobs that are yet to be fulfilled. So we still need a lot more engineers. And I was saying, and he, you know, he was saying that's his biggest pain. He hasn't got enough engineers. And I agreed with him. You know, essentially, we need to have more people focusing their big brains on the challenges of mobility, new mobility. But what we as an industry need to do, and as managers need to do, is give our, our engineers the best tools possible to help them be successful. So I don't think AI is replacing engineers. I don't think AI is the threat that some people go, well, AI will, will take a, get us all out of jobs. I, I don't see that. I think there's still... We need people in many, many places, in many jobs, in many industries. But all of these people can, can do better with better tools. Um, I have a friend, a colleague who's, uh, who talks, who compares it to when the tractor was introduced to the farmer. We still need farmers, but instead of plying by hand, they now have tractors. They can do things more than combines. They can do things more efficiently. Um, the seamstress has a sewing machine. You still need the seamstress. And I think the same thing here. We need engineers but we need to give them better tools to help them make better, give them more information, make so they can make more informed decisions. So to me, AI is definitely a tool. And how do you think it's been using in the automotive industry? I mean, it's a lot of conversations of AI for autonomy, right? But I think, I think it, it, for me as well, is I want to, uh, I think, uh, take out this stigma, no? Because uh, AI has been using in the automotive industry before. It's not been using AI. You've not been calling AI hashtag, right? But basically, is how is that understanding in the industry in automotive of what AI means and basically how it's been using and how actually can help in the future with autonomous? You mentioned a little bit before, but what is your vision on that in, in terms of software tool, right? As I said, I think in the industry, the AI is still very much associated with autonomous driving. Um, it's probably the most mature use of AI in automotive, in, in, in uh, automotive, uh, even that uh, mature is a difficult term to say about it, technologies that are only a few years old, but it's still, that is the, that's the, the area where it has the most, um, uh, the clearest references. 
what we're seeing in the industry is a term called shift left, um, which is basically the earlier in a process that you identify a problem and fix it in any process, the cheaper the solution is. So if you if you're building a building and you find a problem in the uh, in the in the construction of the walls and you identify them earlier on, it's much cheaper to fix than after the house is finished being built. So shift left in the development world is move a lot of your quality tools, a lot of your insights earlier in the process and don't leave all the testing and all the insights and all the analysis to the end of the process. Again, fixing things later on, for example, fixing things with an over-the-air update on the road or even worse, fixing things with a recall are incredibly expensive. So if you can find problems in the quality earlier on in the process, as it's being as it's being tested, it's going through QA, QC, as it's being developed, the cost of fixing those problems becomes much, much cheaper. So there's a big shift in the industry of how they can move shift left, how they can bring more tools earlier in the process to help improve the quality and the safety and security of software going into vehicles. Um, and that is where AI is coming into play, is there's a starting to be an openness to that, to bringing those kind of tools in earlier on. Another thing that's happening, there's two other trends that are influencing this. One is the move towards introducing CICD and agile software development methodology, also in the automotive world. It's taking some time. They're not the most natural people to go CICD, but it does enable, if the car was being designed over a five, six, seven year period in the past, now the software, the, the cars are being designed over a much shorter period and the software is evolved, constantly evolving, which leads me to the third um, trend, which is motor pushing all of this, which is a software defined vehicle. As the software is being disconnected from the hardware platform, and as the life cycle of the software is being disconnected from the car year model, and it's going, software is going across models and throughout the life cycle, even when the vehicle's on the road, that, those disconnect, that focus on software, that understanding of a continuous evolution of software, that um, shortening of the development cycle, the CICD and the agility, these are all driving an openness for new tools. And some of these tools are the ones we're talking about, the AI-based tools that can give insights much earlier in the process and help improve the quality much earlier on at a much lower cost. Actually, that's interesting, Roger, because one of the things that we see uh, on, on a consumer experience side uh, is when customers, one probably the biggest complaint that the customers have is, is they, they don't understand why they can't operate their vehicle software or that it's buggy or, you know, some controls within the vehicle aren't working properly. And certainly it, the ability to figure that out early on leads to much better, you know, IQS you know, quality solution uh, when, when the vehicles are out on the road. This is a very interesting uh, thing, this conversation I had just this morning with a European OEM. He was talking about features on demand and how he's enabling features in the vehicle. So as a, as a driver, as a user, I could go into the infotainment system and now BMW have just talked about it, I believe, enabling you to purchase a subscription for car seat uh, heaters, which would be great where you live, James, and I would not need it at all where I live. Uh, air conditioning would be far more useful for me. So it's good. If we're both buying a BMW, I don't need to pay for that feature. You can pay for it in the cold months, which is probably 10 months of your year. Um, that's, you know, lots of configurations, which is great for the user. But if we take that step back and understand the complexity from a quality perspective, 
if once the card came out with very with much less variation of configurations, much more set configurations, the testing was far easier. Now they have to test it with so many permutations of configurations and variations that it becomes incredibly complex. And then if you make a change to one piece of software, and how does that filter through into the rest of the software, you then go into this area of the unknown. And this is why standards existing testing mechanisms become far more difficult and you need to have because if you're trying to write test bed uh, scenarios for every permulation of variation and every um in every configuration you very quickly get to a point where there's no, you can't write all these tests and you certainly don't have enough time to, to run them so if you've got algorithms running in the background ai algorithms that are monitoring the behavior of the software as it's being run and picking up on deviations automatically, unscripted, un without any manually defined thresholds, but picking up on changes in the behavior automatically and saying, this was not happening beforehand. This is changing. You need to go and pay attention for that. Then those engineers can focus their attention and on what, what is changing and what's having an effect. And hopefully as a user, when you go to choose a new feature, you'll get it straight away and it will work. It won't cause other systems in the vehicle to fail. At the moment, that's happening, but I think this will improve over time. Because for, for me, Roy, I want to go on to your point before, right? Um, so is is that because we, we, we mixed there a few terminologies that I want to, to, to understand with you, right? That's because, I mean, you were saying that AI tools need to be swift left. Then we saying that it needs to be a software-defined vehicle architecture, right? And that's what AI helping out. Is uh, so what you're referring in terms of AI as a tool is actually it, what you mean in the Swift left is or because what I understand in terms of the improved quality and cost of integration and variation of the different type of vehicles basically you need to create as well a systems engineering framework with a really good process of development right uh, if we're going back to the V cycle right um, that's basically is there so what you're saying now it's Basically, the AI tools basically helping to improve testing and validation of the of the software process, or and this is something that you're seeing that is happening more now because of the, it just took clarification. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm my background is systems engineering and software development and automotive. So basically, I was trying to understand what you're trying to put the swift left, and maybe you can confuse it with the left hand side of the recycle. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Um... So say you're receiving, so you've got a complex system that's receiving software from many different departments. You've got software from three internal development departments. You've got software coming from an open source. You've got software coming from two external suppliers. You have six or seven pieces of software which are all being integrated to enable this system to work. And what I've just described, as scary as it might seem, is very, <laughs> you see that quite often in the car. Now, somebody may change, one of the suppliers may change that software. We could take all that software, integrate it onto the board, install it on the board, run it through all of the test suites, at the end, analyze the outcome of the test suite and find out if it failed. And then start rolling back and seeing at what point did it fail? Did it fail in the test? Did it fail in the integration? Did it fail? And start rolling the board backwards until we eventually find out what caused the failure. We go all the way forward to come all the way back. And this, is, this would take a long time. Would it be possible? Yes. Would it take a long time and many resources? Obviously. Another way of doing it is when you receive all the binary packages from these seven different vendors, analyzing just those binary packages and analyzing the symbols in those packages 
and seeing what has changed between the previous version you received and this new version and understanding will they still communicate correctly or will there be a problem? And that's information you can get, maybe not down to the line of code resolution because we're talking about binaries, but you can get very good, intricate information at the very early stage before you start integrating on the board, before you start running the software test, before you go through all that process. And at that early stage, you can get an indication of maybe not, if something is gonna break, you can find that out very early on. You might not know exactly what, but you found out something's broken before you've gone through that whole process. And you say, guys, before we start doing mm. this whole testing integration, this isn't going to work. This Something's changed in this package here, which is changing the signaling, which is going to make the whole thing not work. And we can give that insight using the right tools. You can give that insight much earlier on. So you're still going to have to go back and fix it and so on. But you've saved maybe two weeks of integration and, and testing to get back to that same point where it doesn't work. So, okay, we know it doesn't work, but now we've saved two weeks before we came to that conclusion. That's the shift left, catch problems earlier. And the cost therefore is two weeks less of development of the testing. So it's much cheaper to find it earlier on. Okay, no, I understand. Uh, it, it, and However, yeah. sorry, David, I will add, however, that in that instance, we're not using AI because you know what the inputs are and you're calculating it. So that's not an AI solution. I'm, to be honest, we said beforehand, not everything needs AI. Yeah, so you're talking about software in the loop, yeah? Because that, that, that is, I think what you were talking about there is when you're doing this particular test, is the software in the loop testing that you can have algorithms that actually, they are AI deep learning and machine learning based that they can actually understanding deviations on signaling and functionalities when suppliers actually provide software that they need to be maintain the requirements that actually the the audience provided in and and, the, and that I think is a good utilization I think my point was a good utilization of the AI, of what he called the using AI based tools to uh, understanding failure in the systems basically or in actually the software code and I think it's because that's one of the things we we, we, all, we all talk about I think, I think and we were talking as well with you Roy is there's a lot of applications of AI and one of the things I actually uh, love that you always bring it to the table is you need to put context on what we use AI for right uh, to what problem we're solving right and how we can utilizing artificial intelligence to actually solve that particular uh, approach that I think is, is a good approach because we we mentioned before there's uh, and I think James as well this is another conversation you I think I have with you that when a lot of people be autonomous okay which is the context of the autonomous driving why right? what is the use cases and basically how AI could be matched to the context and the the situation you need to do uh, to do autonomous driving but generally we are switching to autonomous driving as well what do you guys think Basically, at which level of maturity you think that, that we are now on understanding the AI that it requires to actually put in autonomous driving? Based on, and this is a question for both of you, James and Roger, right? To understanding which is your view on, on, on that one. I'll let Roger go first. Roger. We, we mentioned at the beginning that you need AI when there's a huge, when, when there's more unknown variables. Um, if we look at the world, then the amount of unknown variables in driving conditions are too 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 uh, too too large, and um, the difference of where the three of us live and the environment around where we live and the driving patterns and the driving and the weather, the weather, the height of the sun, so many different variables would make a system that can work seamlessly in all three of our locations. And we're not even talking extreme locations like New Delhi in the middle of the day. 
um, that we're not we're not there yet, and I, it's going to take a long time to reach that. That being said, on dedicated paths with dedicated use cases, obviously things like motorways, I think we're much much closer to that than we were. Um, obviously, the original optimistic forecasts were, were way off, but I think we are getting much closer to campuses on campus on motorways in in more constrained environments, fully autonomous level five all over the world in any environment. I still hope to see it in my lifetime. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's really, you know, as we roll out autonomous driving, it's really about slowly introducing different use cases and, and keeping them very narrow. And I know, for instance, the truck developers, that's what they're about. They just focus on doing trucks on the highway. They don't bother about cities. They don't bother about any of those problems. It's just highway. So, yes, totally agree with what you're saying, Roger. Uh, I also know that we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, so, Roger... Perhaps uh, you want to wrap up with some comments on on, uh, on on our thoughts or from your side, the, the future of AI for automotive, uh, particularly and uh, what you've been focused on. I think the AI is very important and people need to understand and has great power for creating great insights. But people need to understand it's not a silver bullet. It is a tool. Uh, you need to be, first of all, as David said, you need to very clearly define what is the use case what is it you're trying to solve? And then you need to understand what inputs you have and what, you know, what outputs you need, but also what inputs you've got. And then you find the right tool for that. In some cases, it will be AI. In some cases, it will be machine learning or deep learning and, 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 and good, strong algorithms. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is actually so sometimes it just works properly and works well repeatedly. That's the best. So understanding what it is you're trying to achieve, understanding what information you have to feed. And again, AI being a tool, will make life easier for the engineers. The engineers are not going anywhere. We need strong engineers. We need more people to come into our industries and to be focusing on new air use cases and how they can make our lives better and safer. And AIS is a way that will help us get there. Awesome. David, what's your wrap-up comments and thoughts? Well, I think it's a, a lot of things we need to actually teach and learn in the industry to fully understand AI, again, today we have the first one is AI. I think we need to decompose it as well and understanding how we can use it. And, uh, and I think what, it, what is clear is there's, there's a lot of learning and teaching we need to do at the executive level to fully understand what is the value, what is the context, and basically how we can uh, help the industry to capitalize as much as possible the power of um, artificial intelligence. What's your thought, James? What is your, your view on the, on the topic? Yeah, look, you know, I think what it is, is we're seeing really a fundamental shift in the way that vehicles will be uh, used, that the way that people will communicate or operate with their vehicles and, and really the desire of, of customers of what they want in their vehicles and when they want it. And, uh, you know, as Roger said, as our as we've started to be ruled by our, our phones and our computers and, and, and whatever else, just as much we're going to have that same thing uh, with our cars as well uh, in, in terms of what we want out of them and, and how we want to interact with them. And, and I certainly think that, you know, using technologies like AI and, and thinking of them as tools is, is, is certainly a really important way to improve the, the customer experience and, and really uh, the direction in which, you know, ultimately vehicles will, will end up going in, in future mobility. So, you know, I, I think it's a absolutely important conversation to have. And, and thank you, uh, Roger. Um, really appreciate your time today and, uh, you know, being able to educate us more on, on AI. 
And and David, thanks again. This was a, another great discussion that we've had. Yeah, thank you really, very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, a pleasure to have you. And hopefully we can do all of our uh, listeners. Hopefully we can bring you all of these discussions, uh, interesting topics and discussions in our next episode of Bite Off. I hope you like you like what you're doing and then click the button, download and follow us to more inside content on uh, technology and the future mobility. Thank you very much. Thank you.